Well, good morning again. How's everyone doing? I, I, I love that song, Holy Forever. It's been a great morning to bring Bob in as an elder this morning of Crossroads. It's always a celebration. Make sure after the service you go up and just encourage him through the next several weeks, okay? Encourage him and say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Be praying for him, okay? And pray for us as elders. If you take out your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1. I'd appreciate that. It happened 16 times before. 16 times people have gone across Antarctica on skis, and they went uphill through the South Pole to the edge of Antarctica, 921 miles. But every one of those 16 times has either been aided or supported. Those have been kind of technical terms for that adventure, for that journey. And when it talks about aided, it talks about strapping yourself to a kite to catch the wind, to make the trip kind of easier, because most of that trip is uphill, and the wind blows across there and creates these big mounds of snow that they have to go up and over. It makes the trip very difficult. So that kite aids them, helps them to accomplish that trip more easier. Supported means that along the line, the supplies are dropped and, and they're replenished with food and, and water or whatever they might need. So all 16 times, it's been either aided or, or supported. And never has anyone gone across the Antarctica unaided or unsupported until November 3rd, 2018. Two guys, Lewis Rudd, who is a British adventurer, and, and a guy named Colin O'Brady, who's from the United States, they both were going to do it together. It was supposed to be some kind of race, but though Colin O'Brady says, I'm not looking at this as a race, the media is. He said, because anytime you think it's a race, your actions are all determined by the other person. He goes, this is my adventure. This is my journey. I've got to do this. So on November 3rd, 2018, they started uh, off together, unaided and unsupported. They pulled together with them on their skis, a sled behind them, with all their supplies, 375 pounds of supplies. Think about that, going uphill, with 375 pounds. Of course, it got lighter as the trip went on, but it went on for almost two months. And it was on Christmas morning where Colin O'Brady woke up and he connected with this wife who was kind of managing his trip, and he says, this is the day. This is the day I, I'm going for it. I'm going for it today. So he took off. He had almost 80 miles to go, and he took off on Christmas morning, and, and he didn't stop for the next 32 hours. Think about that, 32 hours of skiing. And during that time, he says, I was in a zone, and I was going to do it until I was done. I was not going to stop. He said, I didn't listen to my music. I didn't listen to my podcast because I was so focused, and I'm going to do it. And he made it. He made it there. He actually made it to the finish line. He was the first person to cross Antarctica, kind of going zigzagging along the way, that it finally took him 932 miles in almost two months. And his buddy Lewis arrived three days later, and then they joined together and they left together. But when I think about that, what strength and endurance that had to take, right, to accomplish that, for a person to do that. When we think of skiing and we think of putting on skis, most of us think about going downhill, don't we? And not pulling a a sled behind us with 375 pounds for 900 miles. What I want to talk to you about today is strength and, and being strong. Because we are on the verge of entering a new adventure, where well, we've actually entered it, is 2023. And it's an adventure. And none of us know what's coming on this adventure this year. No one has any idea what's going to happen. We might have things on our calendar that we have planned, like weddings and other events that we plan, like graduations. We've got our work schedule on there. We've got vacation on there. We've got birthdays on there. We've got all those kind of things in there. But some of those things we, we don't have in there. Some of the things that 
unexpected things that happened of this uncharted territory called 2023. We're just a step and a half into it, aren't we? Just barely into this, a couple weeks into it. But this year is going to unfold for some of us challenges and joys and, and experiences and, and heartaches and temptations and trials. So we're going to have to be strong. If you have your Bibles, hopefully you found Joshua chapter 1. It's the sixth book of the Old Testament. Uh, let me give you a little background. It's a very familiar passage. If, if you know your Bible, you probably know this passage. But the context here is that ep one epic has ended and a new one's going to begin. And Moses had led the children out of Israel to, uh, out, I mean, led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They had been in bondage there, and he led them out into the wilderness where they'd been wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. Remember that? Because of their disobedience. They wandered in that wilderness for 40 years, and some people had died. Remember they sent out the 12 spies? The 12 spies went out to, to check out the land, the promised land that God had provided. Ten came back and says, man, it's, it's too difficult. We can't conquer those people. We can't conquer that land. We can't go into that land. So they didn't. They disobeyed God. The, the land that God had promised, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience, because they didn't, would not go and take the land. And so now Moses brings them to the brink of the promised land again. And the Bible says it's at Mount Nebo, Nebo that Moses dies. And God kind of, he gives a eulogy for Moses. And can you imagine serving God for 40 years and then God giving the eulogy? And God says, Moses, my servant is dead. Wouldn't you like that in your gravestone, servant of God? What greater words to have in your gravestone for someone to write servant of God, to give you that eulogy, especially if it's the words of God where he says, Moses, my servant is dead. And now he says, Joshua, you're the guy. You're the man. You're the one that's going to do it. You're the one that's going to take them across the Jordan River during the flood season. You're the one that's going to take them into the promised land is what God tells them. You're the man. You're the one that's going to do it. And remember, Moses, uh, Joshua, you're one of the two spies that you said that God is big. And, and, and you remember the giants? You remember those four to five cities that were there? You remember those nations and those tribes? You, they're, they're not going to roll out the welcome mat for you. They're going to fight you every step of the way. But I promise to give you the land. I'm going to give you the land. And maybe if you're Joshua, you're thinking, how am I going to do this? Because the Israelites are not known to be great followers, right? They're known to be grumblers. How am I going to accomplish this now? And God says, you're going to do it because your strength is going to come from me. It's going to be in me, Joshua. That's how you're going to accomplish it. And God says to Joshua three times, he says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And then God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? So I want to challenge you today to be strong in 2023. We need to be strong. And I want to give you three ways how the Bible tells us in this passage how to be strong. So let's begin reading in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 6, okay? Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, over the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land 
I swore to their forefathers to give them. If you have in your outlines, to be strong in three ways. Three ways to be strong. And the first way to be strong is trusting God's promises. Trusting God's promises. God said, I promise you the land. I swore to Moses, this is going to be your land, but you're going to have to, to, to conquer it. So you're going to have to do that. And the way you're going to do it, you're going to, you're going to have to be obedient to me. And they got that. They kind of got that, sort of, until you get to chapter 7, and, and something happens there, where they were disobedient to God. In their disobedience, they were conquered this little town called Ahai. They were to go down there and conquer it. And they were overconfident because God had just given them a great victory at the walls of Jericho in a miraculous way. So they go down to this little town. We defeated them. There's going to be no problem. They go down to this little town of Ahai. Didn't even send all their men because they were so confident. And they go down there, and they lost. And many of their men died. And so they're ripping their clothes, and, and, they're, and they're screaming out loud. and say, what went wrong? What happened, God? What went wrong? And God said, you've been disobedient. There's sin in the camp, and you, you need to get that right. See, the success of Moses was his, that he trusted in the promises of God. The success of Joshua would be that he trusted in the promises of God. The, the success of the church today, in large part, is because we trust in the promises of God, right? That's how we're going to be successful. Remember, Jesus said before he left this earth, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of this age. So Jesus says, I'm making you a promise. And at Crossroads Community Church, like every other church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to be, trust in the promises of God, don't we? We have to trust in his promise. Amen? Knowing that whatever we do is based on the promise of God's presence. That it's God's anointing. That it's God's work that we do, right? The task that he's given us, we can't do on our, on our own. We need his promise is what we need. Five times in this verse I just read you, he says, I will or will. We trust in the promises of God that God gives us in his word. There's somewhere between 3,000 to 8,000 promises that we have in the Bible. I know that's a wide range. I know that's a big gap. Uh, some of that's because some of those promises are repeated many times is what we find in Scripture. Another reason, some of those promises were made to an individual that cannot be applied to us. But these promises right here that he gives to Joshua, he, sa he says, be strong and courageous because I will be with you. Those promises, can, we can accept those promises. We can take those promises because they're repeated in other parts of Scripture. So we can grab hold and grab hold of those promises. Say, they're for us too today because they're repeated. We have to be strong this year. We have to trust in the promises of God. We have a lot of things planned this year. I'm sure you have a lot of things in your schedule. We have things on our schedule as church. But there are things that on our schedule, on our calendar that are not planned. Things like divorce and cancer, the death of a loved one, disappointment, discouragement, heartaches, trials, temptations. Those aren't on our schedule, aren't they? None of us plan those kind of things, but those things kind of happen. Along with good things, too. Don't get me wrong. Good things happen. But those kind of things happen that we don't schedule, right? At any time, those things can happen. The way we're going to get through this in 2023 is in a successful way that glorifies God is trust in the promises of God. Because we want to glorify God, right? So we want to trust in the promises of God. The second way to be strong is by obeying God's word, obeying his word. Let's read verses 7 and 8. God says again, he says, Be strong and very courageous. 
Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Here's the memory verse for the week right here. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful, is what he says. Please understand, when he's talking about the book of the laws, what they would know as the Bible at that time, when he's talking about, it's just the first five books of the law of Moses. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's the books of the law. And some of them are exciting, and some of them are less exciting to us as we read them, right? They're not as exciting. But they were God's word to them. That was God's word. And they were to obey all of that word is what God gave them. And so God says three things in these verses, what we need to do with this book. And so we apply it, and we expand it to include all 66 books of, of the Bible that we have. We've been given so much more. We've been given so much more revelation. They only were given the first five books. We've been given 66 books of God's revelation, so much more than they were given. And so the first thing he says you need to do with this book, the Bible, he says, is what he's talking about, is do not let the word of God depart from your mouth, is what he says. Don't let it depart from your mouth. It always has to be there. Some think that this is a reference to the Jewish practice then, and, and some still practice it today. As the Jews were reading, they were muttering. As they were reading the word of God, they were muttering and repeating the words. And some believe, people believe that's what they were talking about. Uh, others believe, and I prefer this view, this one, do not let the word depart means keep talking about it. Keep talking about it is what we're supposed to do. We love to talk about the bears and, and the bulls and the Sox and the Cubs and the Blackhawks and the economy and, and the weather. And we like to talk about politics. We love talking about the, all those things, right? We talk about those things. Let's talk about the Word of God. Let's continue to talk about the Word of God. Let's keep talking. If we could talk about all those other things, how much more should we be talking about God's Word? That we read it and what it may, means to us. And maybe we're memorizing a verse. We all should be memorizing a verse, right? Talk about that verse with others, what we're memorizing, what we're learning is what we need to do. Let's share that with one another. Let's challenge one another. Let's encourage one another is what we need to do with the Word of God. So don't let it depart. Let's keep talking about it, constantly talking about it, what it's talking about. The second thing he says is to meditate on it. It means to think about it. And I think the first step of meditation is memorizing. It's memorizing the Word of God. And maybe you're here today and say, why do I need to memorize the Word of God? Why should I memorize it? Because now we've got these new smartphones, right? I mean, you probably all have a smartphone. And all I have to do is take out that smartphone because I've got a Bible app on my smartphone. How many of you got a Bible app on your smartphone? You got a Bible app on your smartphone, and it takes me to hit that Bible app, and then one or two other hits. I'm, not, I'm at any passage of Scripture I want to be at, right? Have you used it like that? I could be at any Scripture. So why do I need to memorize? Well, what we need to do, you need to get the Word of God from your phone and from the Bible into our hearts. That's what memorization does. That's the first step in meditation is what we need to do. We need to get it not just be here and not just be on our phone, but it needs to be here. That's where it needs to be. It needs to get into our hearts. That's what God wants. Where our mind can continue to bring that back up. We can think about it. We can process it. And we can apply it to our lives. Because that's what we need to do, right? It does us no good that it's here and it's right here in my back pocket. I can take it out any time unless it's in my heart. And that's what we need to get it into. The scripture tells us about meditation in Psalm 1 2. It says about a righteous man, it says this But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Psalm 119, verse 97 says this, 
Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. In verse 8 in Joshua chapter 1, I believe that's the theme of that entire book, of that entire book, what he says, and what you're going to be memorizing this week. If you just live by this book, the Bible, what it's talking about, if you just live by this book, the Bible, and maybe you say, what's so special about this book? What's so special about this book, the Bible? Here's what's so special. It's the only book God wrote. Do you realize that? It's the only book he wrote. Didn't write any other. All the other books were written by men. This is the only one that God wrote, this book right here. These 66 books that we have inside here, the Bible is what God wrote. And then later on, we'll go on to say, your success as a person in this world is directly dependent on what you do with this book. So meditate on it. Minute. Let it be a part of your life is what he's saying. Let it be part of your life. The Bible tells us this is God's word, that it is God-breathed. Therefore, it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped, right? That's what the word of God gives us. You see, you can't be what God wants you to be without this book. You can't. You can't be what he wants you to be without it. So we've got to get in this book so this book can get into us, right? That's what we need. And the only way to do it is we've got to get it and we've got to study it. So it can get into our hearts because we need that. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, God is exalted above all things. Uh, his name and his word. His name and his word. They're eternal. They're always going to be there, guys. His name and his word. So the third thing he says, the first thing is we're to read it, we're to proclaim it. The second is we're to meditate on it. The third is you obey the word of God. We have to obey it. We just can't read it. We have to obey it. Don't deviate to the right. Don't deviate to the left. Don't selectively obey what it's talking about. Uh, when we honor one part of Scripture, we honor that part. But when we dishonor the one who wrote it, when we have selective obedience, we have to obey all of God's Word is what we need to do. We have to obey it all. Joshua 1.8 talks about this promise of success, that we're to have success. And when we use the word success, it's often combined with today where we're talking about business and, and money and degrees and all those kind of measurement things that we have in this world. That doesn't mean a whole lot when it talks about our, our light of eternity or it talks about the light of our relationship with God. I mean, those degrees and, and your status and what you are in your business and how much money you make and all that, that has a lot to do with the world, what the world looks like. But in the light of our eternity with God and our relationship with Him, and eternity, that doesn't mean a lot, does it? See, success in the Old Testament, when you really think about what success was, it's really simple. It was just wise living. That's what success really is. It's wise living. It's knowing the wisdom and applying it to your life. See, success and wisdom, we're often looked at as almost synonymous in the Old Testament. They go together. Success and wisdom. If you're successful, you have wisdom. You have wise living. You're, you're living right with God. That's success. That's how we have to look at success. That's how we have to look at success for our children, to live right with God. So what do we do with this book? What do we do with it? We obey it. We obey it, right? We obey it all. Jesus is, I mean, Joshua is now at the beginning of his ministry in Joshua chapter 1. But when you get to the end of the book in Joshua, Joshua chapter 23, he's about ready to end his ministry. And he says to the children of Israel, says this, he says, you honor, you, if you honor this book and you live by it, he said, you will have success and you will do well, is what he tells them. And, and the people did it. They did that for a while. And then they got away from the word of God. And then after the book of Joshua, you come to this time period called the Judges. And during this time period called the Judges, the Bible says that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It was a very horrible time. 
because they got away from the Word of God. And you want to know what happens when we get away from the Word of God? Look at the book of Judges. They got away from God, God's Word, and it was a horrible time because everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. In the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 27, verse 15 through 26, I love this. There's a reader uh, who would speak, and, and every verse he starts off with is, Cursed is the man who... And when he finishes the verse, all the people would join him and say, amen, amen, right? So after he lists off 11 things, he gets to the next one in verse 26, and he says this, Cursed is the man who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. Then all the people shall say, amen. Most of us would fight and defend that this is God's word, wouldn't we? We'd say this is theological truth. We'd fight for that because we believe that, right? We believe that. Do you believe that? Amen? We believe this is God's word. We believe it's theological truth. But do we uphold it by our obedience? Are we obeying it? What the word of God says? Do we do that in our own hearts and minds? Is there any part of the word of God that you've chosen not to obey? Where you say, I know what the scripture says about this, but I know what I'm supposed to be doing here, but is there any place where you're saying that in your own life? Listen, the cost for obedience, obedience to God and his word is really high, but the cost of disobedience is even higher. Let me say that again. The cost for obedience to God and his word is high, but the cost for disobedience against God and his word is often higher. We need to realize that. So our success this year is what you and I will do with this book, the Bible. And I guess for many of you, you're looking at me and saying, man, how am I going to fit that in? Now I have this guy stand up in front of me and say, I need to get more in this Bible, and I need to get more in this Word, when I don't even have any time. That my schedule is so filled up with so many different things that I don't have any extra time to get in the Word or get into it anymore. Well, then my, my question, my challenge for you this year is this. is today to say, what in my schedule that I have takes greater priority than the Word of God? Ask yourself. That's, that's how you determine what is in my schedule that takes greater priority than the Word of God? Should anything take greater priority than this in our schedule? What is it in our schedule that takes greater priority? And, and if I'm going to add this Word of God to my schedule, which hopefully you say, yes, I am, then what do I need to subtract from my schedule? What do I need to get out of my schedule so I can have time to read this book, right? What am I going to subtract from my schedule? Do I need to subtract some television? Maybe uh, sports, you love to watch sports, and maybe I don't watch as many sports games. Maybe it's the movies, or maybe it's social media. A lot for younger people, it's a lot of social media, and Facebook, and Twitter, and all those other things that we get. Maybe I need to spend less time there. Maybe it's the hobbies. Maybe it's all those activities that we're involved in. Maybe we need to subtract from some of those things, right? So, so what do we need to subtract so I can add the Word of God? Because the Word of God will make, give us a successful life. That's what the Bible says. If I read it, if I meditate it, on it, and if I obey it, that's what it says. Remember, success is, what is success? It's wise living, living right before God. That's what we want, right? We want to be successful in this life, not according to what the world, the world's success is, how much money you make and the status, how big your house, but success according to the Old Testament, according to God, is wise living, living right with God. That's what we want to do. We want to glorify God, right? That's why you're here. I want to glorify God with my life. That's what we want to do. So what do I need to subtract? We have to be strong this year in our life by trusting in the promises of God. We have to be strong this year by being obedient to the Word of God. And third way to be strong by realizing God's presence, realizing His presence is with us. Let's read verse 9. 
He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the third time that he tells Joshua, said, be strong and courageous. Earlier he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What's the difference between leave and forsake? I can't find a difference. I look, what's the difference? So why would he repeat that? Why would he repeat synonyms? Why would, why would he do that so you wouldn't miss it? So you would get it, so you would really understand the point he's trying to get across, that God is everywhere present. We know that theological premise, right? right? We, we know that. We, we read that in Psalm 139 where it talks, where I go, your, your presence is there, O Lord. We, we understand that. If I go up to the, go to the depths of the sea, you are there. If I ascend into the heavens, you are there. God, you're everywhere, right? We, we understand it, right? We understand that. But oftentimes we don't realize it when it comes to those points in our lives. Is the presence of God sufficient when times of temptation come? You know, all of you are going to be tempted this year in 2023, as will I. And some of you are going to be tempted before the sun goes down today. So my question for you, is the presence of God sufficient for times of temptation? Is it? Absolutely it's sufficient. We have the Word of God. We have the modeling of Jesus for us, where the Word of God was used by Jesus on uh, three different occasions in Matthew chapter 4 to thwart the temptations of Satan, the wicked one, right? And we have the Apostle Paul gives us a wonderful verse that gives us great hope in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I'm seeing a lot of you write down. I'm giving you a lot of verses. Here's a great verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. A great promise from God is when we're tempted, where it says, No temptation has seized you except what is coming to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So what that's saying, God provides an exit ramp whenever temptation comes so I can stand up under it. Now, temptation is when something tempts me to sin. That's what it's talking about. When something's tempting me to sin, to be disobedient to God, that's what temptation. God always promises, this promise to you as a believer in Jesus Christ, that whatever that temptation comes, I'll give you an exit ramp so you can stand up under it. You don't have to give in to the temptation. So we never can have an excuse, I had to give in to it, it was just too much. No, God provides an exit ramp where we'll walk with him over that temptation. So my question, is God's presence sufficient in times of temptation? And the answer is, yes, absolutely it is, yes. Is God's presence sufficient for times of trials? You remember the story Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? It's a story told in Daniel. It was a different culture, and it was a different time. There was these big statues, and they were told they had to bow down and worship those statues. And, and they said, uh, you got to bow down. And those men said, those three men said, we're not going to do it. And they said, well, you got to bow down or you're going to die. And they said, we're still not going to do it. And they said, well, there's this fiery furnace that we make bricks with. If you don't bow down and worship at, at these statues, these idols, if you don't bow down and worship, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace and you're going to die. And they responded, do what you have to do. It's kind of bold, right? Do whatever you have to do. But if you throw me in that fiery furnace, my God is able to deliver me. But even if my God doesn't deliver me, we're still not going to bow down to, to those images, to those idols, because our allegiance is to God. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 21, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 25, when the people looked in the furnace, they saw not three men. How many did they see? They saw four. And the Bible tells us that fourth man was like to, unto the Son of Man. 
And many people believe that was Jesus right down there in the fiery furnace with them. And they came out of that fiery furnace alive, right? They came out of their life. So it's God su- sufficient in times of trials and difficulties. Absolutely, God is sufficient. As I said earlier, we've started a, a, a brand new year, 2023. We're a couple weeks into it. And we're going to face all kinds of trials. My question, are you ready for them? Are you really ready? Have you made the spiritual deposits through God's word that you have? Are you able to make the withdrawals when those greatest times of need come in your life? See, that's what the word of God does. It's one thing to have your Bible and it sits there or have that smartphone. And yeah, the word of God is right here. But is it in here? That's why it's so important to meditate and to memorize. Because when those trials come, if I made those spiritual deposits in God's word that's in my heart, so when those trials come, I have that resource that I can make those withdrawals of those promises of God because that's what gets us through, right? It's the promises of God that gets us through those trials, those storms, those difficulties that we go through. This is what God's Word said, and I can grab hold of that, and that's what gets me through those times, amen? So that's what we need in our life. So in the presence of God sufficient in times of heartache, is it sufficient? We never schedule heartaches, do we? Nobody ever schedules that. Nobody wants that kind of stuff in our life. But sometimes there's such heartache that the weight is so heavy, right? And there's no solution. And, and, and there's not enough strength to get us out of that, right? There's no way. You don't have enough strength in the human body or, or the mind or the will to take those heartaches away. And Paul writes, there's a wonderful passage. Romans chapter 8 is a beautiful chapter. And Paul writes there and he says, when you come to a time like that, when the heartache is so heavy on you, and you're feeling so much pain and so much weight, and and you try to pray, and you can't pray. You don't know how to pray. Where do I start in praying? And you try to pray, and you can't even get the words. You can't even utter the words. You don't even know what to say. It says at that time, the Holy Spirit prays for you and utters the words that you can't even say. So the question is, the presence of God sufficient during times of, of trials, during our times of greatest heartache, during our storms, Absolutely, right? It's sufficient. Some of you know that. Some of you have experienced that in your life, and you know that. And some of you are probably going to experience it this year to understand that God is sufficient. His presence is sufficient during heartaches, during the difficult times in our lives. Is the presence of God sufficient in times of, of sin? How many of you plan on sinning this year? Nobody raised their hand. Nobody raised their hand. <laughs> None of us do, do we? We don't plan on sinning, but it happens. It happens. It happens. It seems like we just walk into it. It's like, how did they get here? Why did they make that decision? Why did it be disobedient to God and do this thing? And we do that. And when that happens, what happens when we sin? Well, we're embarrassed by it, don't we? We get embarrassed and there's shame. The shame is so heavy that sometimes I don't even feel like I can talk to God. How can I talk to God when I sinned against him? Or sometimes I can't even look myself in the mirror because I'm so embarrassed of what I've done, right? You feel that? Sometimes you're just so embarrassed. So is the presence of God sufficient in our times of sin. Absolutely. Praise God for that. Here's a wonderful promise, and I give you this verse all the time. It's 1 John 1, 9. Write it down. It's a wonderful promise, but this promise is for believers. It's for believers in Jesus Christ that it says this, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Confession of sin means I come to God and I agree with God. God already knows you sin. You don't tell God anything he doesn't already know. All confession is, is I agree with God that I sin. I agree. 
with you, God, that it's wrong, what I did, that I sinned against you, and I just come and confess it. And God gives us a wonderful promise every time, all the time, no matter what I've done, God promised, I will forgive you your sin. Come and confess it. And I'll cleanse you from all that unrighteousness. What a wonderful promise. Because we need that. We need that. This year in 2023, you're going to need that promise. So write that verse down. You're going to need that promise. We all do. Because we all sin. Don't want to sin. None of us want to. I can see none of you raised your hand. that You planned on it. But it happens. It happens. We don't want to do it, but it happens, right? So let's be strong this year by trusting in the promises of God by obeying God's word, by realizing the truth of God's presence in our lives, right? This is not to be, meant to be some kind of halftime pep talk where I says, we're at halftime, and I say, hey, I know you can do this. Let's go out and get them. The second half is ours. You guys can do this. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm actually saying kind of the opposite. What I'm saying to you this morning, and please listen to me, that you can't do this that you don't have the strength for whatever 2023 has for you. You don't have the strength. You don't know the giants. You don't know the fortified cities that are going to hit you this year. You have no idea what's coming down the pike. You can't do it on your own. You weren't meant to do it on your own. You can only do it through the strength of God. So we have to call on and be strong in the Lord and His power and His might. Oh yeah, people tell me, you can squeeze through some things on your own strength and your own power, and you can get through it on your own, but when you get through it, man, you feel depleted and everything. But God says, no, when you rely on, on my strength, my might, and my power, that's when we give him glory. That's what we want to do, give him glory. We don't want to do it on our own strength. Yeah, we can get through a lot of things on our own strength. We can, but we don't bring God glory. We bring God glory when we rely upon him and his strength, right? And we glorify God because God promises his strength and his power and his might and his presence with us. Why would we try to do it without him when God says, I'm right here. Let me help you with that. Let's turn to him and ask for his help. There's a little reference in Daniel. It's talking about the future, even future for us. And Daniel was written centuries before Christ came to this earth. It is talking about the future and evil forces. And it's Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says he, talking about the forces of evil personified in the wicked one and Satan, he says he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. I love that verse. The people who know their God shall stand firm. The word for stand firm can be the same word as be strong. Be strong. Same word. Be strong. So when you know your God, you can be strong and take action. The King James translates that and do great exploits. Do great exploits. I like that. Do great exploits. So here's the thing. When the forces of evil are upon us, we can, through Christ, be strong and do great exploits, right? That's what God has called us. Do great exploits. Now, those great exploits may not be crossing the Antarctica, right? May not be doing those kind of things. But it'd be great spiritual triumphs that you and I can have, right? Not in our strength, but in his strength, but in God's strength that we do those. That's what God wants to rely on his strength, his power, and his might. His presence is what we rely on. And we'll have great spiritual triumphs if we're relying upon him. We'll be strong this year when we do that. I'm praying that 2023 will be your best year yet. The best year you've ever had in your life. That's my prayer for you. That during this year, you get to know God better through his word. That during this year, no matter what comes your way, 
you have the strength of God to get you through it, whatever, that you'll be able to handle it no matter what it is, right? No matter what it is, you'll be able to handle it. And it all begins with knowing Jesus. If you don't know Jesus yet, what a great time, what a great day to come, today to drive that stake in the ground of faith, that faith stake in the ground, and come to understand, God, know I'm a sinner. And I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and paid for the payment of my sins upon that cross. And today, I accept that finished work of Jesus on that cross for me. I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. If you've never done that, please do that today. And the Bible says that when you do that, you're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light with God, right? From the kingdom of light. And if you've never done that, please accept Christ today. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you have questions about that still, I would love to talk to you after the service. If you like prayer about anything I've spoken about, or a prayer about anything, please come and see me after the service, or go and see Grail or Bob. They'd be glad to pray with you too. We want to pray with you. But this year, let's do great exploits for Jesus. But let's do it, uh, be strong in the Lord. And the way we're to be strong, I want you to remember this, see three things. By trusting God's promises, by obeying God's word, by realizing God's presence. That's the way we'll be strong this year. That's the way we'll be able to handle anything that comes our way by relying up on God and his strength. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we praise you. We thank you so much for you are a good and gracious God, a loving God, a wonderful God, a magnificent God that loves us so, so much. Lord, you, you sent your son to die on the cross for us. We should never doubt the love that you have for us because you love us with that uh, undying love, that love that's a forever love, eternal love, unconditional love, and you love us that way. So Lord, no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, what we've done, how bad it may be this morning, there's always room for your grace. There's always room for forgiveness from God. So if you are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, today's the day. I, I pray that you would accept him today by just coming. I know I'm a sinner, and right now I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Put my faith and trust in him. Bible said it's by grace you've been saved through faith that you would just do that. For all of us who know Jesus as our Savior, if we've sinned before him in, you know, 2022, maybe say it was, a, was not a real good year, my walk with Jesus. Today's a new day. Today I can put my faith and trust in Jesus and say, God, I'm going to confess that sin, confess all those wrong things that I've done, and today I'm going to turn toward God, I'm going to get into his word, and I'm going to trust in God and in and, and, and his presence that he's going to be with me. And I'm going to be, be obedient to his word. And know that God is with me everywhere I go. And I'm going to rely on his strength and his might and his power every step of the way this year. Lord, I pray for each person here and everyone's listening. That, Lord, that this year would be the best year they can have, that your blessings would be on them. That you would guide and lead them by the power of your Holy Spirit to make good decisions, right decisions. That we live wisely before you. And if I, when we get to the end of 2023, Lord, we could say, I lived a successful life because I lived a life right with God, successful life, wise living. And I pray that for each and every one of us, Lord, that we live that way. That we do not let this book of the law depart from our mouth, Lord, but we meditate on it day and night so we can be prosperous and successful. Lord, help us to be those kind of people. Help us to get in the Word of God. Give us a hunger for your Word. Give us a thirst for your Word, Lord. Help us, Lord, to build up that, to let the word of God get into our hearts. So when difficulties come, Lord, we have that spiritual well, uh, uh, well in our hearts and minds we can draw from to get us through our greatest times of need. 
I pray that for each and every person here that we draw closer to Jesus. That this would be the year, the best year ever I had spiritually. Even if difficulties come, and heartaches come, and trials and tribulation come, and disappointments come, my walk with Jesus is stronger than it's ever been. That I can say by the end of 2023, this has been the best year spiritually I've ever had. That I've understand God more, I'm walking closer with God than I've ever walked before in my life, and I'm trusting Him more. And I'm seeing His presence in my life everywhere I go. I pray that for each person here today, that your blessings would come upon us. They're on us, Lord. But that's not going to happen, Lord, without us involved. That's not going to happen without us making a commitment. A commitment today, Lord, where we say, God, I can't do this on my own, but I need your help. I need your strength. I need your presence. Help me to have a hunger for the Word of God that I thirst for, that every day I would get into the Word of God. Help me to find time in my schedule to subtract some things that I need to subtract. God, you know what I'm doing that I don't need to do anymore? We've got all this busyness that I might have time for you and your Word. That it might be filled up with you each and every day as I read, Lord. Not just read to say I read, but to realize that I'm having a conversation with you. And you're teaching me. You're guiding me. You're training me. You're equipping me for every good work that you might have. So I pray that for each person here, Lord. Pray your blessings be upon us. Guide us and lead us this year to make good decisions, wise decisions that will bring you glory. Help us to live this life, Lord, that honors you in every area of our life, Lord. I pray for blessing upon blessing. I pray this would be our greatest year, 2023, that we would have so many spiritual triumphs in our life. Lord, Holy Spirit, just rain down your presence upon us and your power and your might. That, Lord, we ask these things in that amazing, beautiful, wonderful name, in the name of Jesus, amen.